He was a priest enjoying the good life, and then he was suddenly forced to prove his beliefs with the Bible. The problem was he had never, ever read the Bible. In all his time studying, preaching, counseling, he had never actually read the Bible. He opened it up and began to read. His life was changed forever. Today, we're talking about Menno Science. Welcome back to Church History Podcast. I hope you're enjoying learning about the church. If you're just joining us for the first time, let me explain how this podcast works. We are traveling through church history. We started with the life of Jesus Christ, and we're telling the story of the church in order. My suggestion would be to start at the very beginning. We're in the middle of the Reformation right now, and this is our third episode talking about the group, the Anabaptists. In a small Dutch town called Frisland, in the area where the peasants lived, a little boy was born. It was the year 1496. If you were able to look into the year 1496 and see the world, you would have not noticed a little peasant boy being born. And yet, this little boy would impact the world in a way that is still influencing the world today. Columbus was discovering new worlds. We talked about that in some previous episodes. Wars were taking place, the Holy Roman Empire was being divided, and lines were being drawn that would eventually shape the countries we know today. But there, in that little peasant home, Menno was born. His childhood was full of war. That little Dutch town of Friesland was a war zone. Soldiers would attack small communities and raid peasant homes. They were trying to terrify the people into following the Duke of Saxony. There was a group of people who called themselves the Free Friesens. Eventually, they lost, and the power was taken by Emperor Charles V. As just a side note, We already looked at the story of Columbus, but when people look at that story, one of the attacks on him is that he captured land. These were attacks on him and others that I covered in the episodes about Christopher Columbus. However, just right now, let's talk about this taking land. That was simply how empires rose and fell in this time period. This was the case for all people. And in this situation, Menno's family and early life was part of this exact thing. You see, any people group that was not strong enough to defend its borders or to defend its people would be taken over by a stronger people group. That was simply how things were done. During this time, the Islamic countries were constantly attacking and trying to take the land from the Holy Roman Empire as well. We talked about that during the Crusade episodes, and we will be talking about it again in some more upcoming episodes. This was the way life was. Now, why do I bring that up? Well, it's an important part of Menno's life, and part of why he believed the way he did. But I'm jumping ahead now. 
Let's go back. Although Menno grew up as a peasant, his father still found ways to make sure he had an education. And Menno was very smart. He learned to read and write in both Latin and Greek. And he did well in his studies. He finished school and was ordained as a priest in 1515. That was nine years after Columbus's death, just as a reference to where we are in history. Menno enjoyed being a priest. It was really the easy life. He had a nice place to live. He would speak once a week and spend the rest of his time just relaxing and having fun with his friends. He really didn't have a care in the world. His favorite pastime was drinking and playing cards. He heard about the Reformation, about Martin Luther and others, but the whole thing seemed silly and unnecessary to him. Why would anyone want to disrupt this life? After a childhood filled with fear, war, the peasant life, this life was great and no need to mess with it at all. But that all changed one day. Mena was asked about the belief that when you take communion, the wine and bread literally turns into the body and blood of Jesus. This was being debated heavily, thanks to the Protestant movement. Mena was asked where in the Bible this could be found. Here was the problem. Menno had never actually read the Bible. In all his time in school, he had read many books by many different philosophers and church leaders, but he had never read the Bible. So he did something radical. He decided as a priest, maybe it was time he should read the Bible. This changed Menno. As he read the Bible, he realized he had no idea what Christianity actually was. He read and read and read some more. The more he read, the more questions he had. After four years of reading and studying the Bible, Menno heard the story of a man named Siki Freaks Snyder. Snyder had made the choice to get baptized as an adult and in doing so, had become part of a group known as the Anabaptists. For this crime, he was beheaded. Snyder literally means tailor, and that's what he was. He was just an ordinary man, just a common tailor. Why would this ordinary, common man give up everything, including literally his own life, over something that seemed so insignificant? Menno began to search the Bible for any signs of someone who was not an adult being baptized, but he couldn't find anything. During this time, Menno's brother Peter joined the Anabaptist movement. This movement believed that it was their responsibility to destroy the Catholic Church by force. There was a group that had taken over the town of Munster, and this group was led by the followers of that church. Menno was very close to his brother, and they talked about the Anabaptist movement. Menno didn't think that raging war on the church was the right approach. However, the church was ruling over the people, the peasants especially, and they wanted freedom. The people who were trying to change things were known as the protesters. The Protestants were trying to change the way things worked. Peter was part of this movement. 
Menno was still a Catholic priest, and he was transferred to a new church. In this area, there was a large group of Anabaptists, and Menno, unlike the other priests, was willing to sit and listen to the Anabaptists. He was very interested in what they were teaching and willing to hear them out. Then, March 30, 1535, the group that Peter was with took control of a monastery in Friesland. They kept control of it until April the 7th. On that day, April the 7th, the monastery was stormed by soldiers. 37 men were taken and beheaded on the spot. 132 other men and women were taken and given quick trials and then killed. Peter was one of the men killed. Menno was heartbroken. His grief became so deep that he was driven into a mental crisis. He had a full breakdown. He cried day and night. Then, one day, he cried out to God. This is an excerpt from his book. Prayed to God with sighs and tears that he would give to me, a sorrowful sinner, the gift of his grace. Create within me a clean heart, and graciously, through the merits of the crimson blood of Christ, he will graciously forgive my unclean walk and unprofitable life. January the 12th, 1536, Menno officially left the Catholic Church. Immediately, he was on the hit list from the church. By leaving the church, he left everything. His home, his cushy life, his job, everything. He was given a room to stay with by two different families. One man was named Harmon, and the other man was named Garrett. Both of these men were arrested when it was found out that they had given Menno a place to stay. Menno was ordained into the Anabaptist Church as a preacher in 1537. Around this time, the church in Munster fell. The leaders were publicly tortured for four hours and their bodies hung in cages from the church. Many others in the church were also killed. I talked about that in my last episode called The Worst Church in History. You can check that out to hear the whole details of that church. Now, Menno, who had grown up with violence, war, and countries taking land from those who could not defend it, Menno, who had watched his Catholic church behead a tailor for being baptized as an adult, and Menno, who had lost his brother in an Anabaptist protest that turned violent, Menno had some strong views about violence. Menno believed in zero violence, even in defending herself. And this was a core belief of his and became the norm in the Anabaptist movement under his leadership. Menno became one of the most influential people in his time. His followers were called Mennonites, a name that sticks even today. Menno married a woman named Gertrude, and they had three children, two little girls and one little boy. Their life was marked with constant pick up, pack up, and move because Menno was a wanted man. The little family always prepared for the day when Menno would be captured, tried, and killed. But that day never came. For 25 years, Menno traveled and preached in the Dutch communities. He died of natural causes January 31st, 1561. Today, his followers are the Mennonite Church. While there are many different versions of his church, his ideas of pacifism and nonviolence 
still hold true in each of those denominations. We will later in this podcast get into more history of the Mennonites and how those different branches came to be. But today, I'll share a little info. One branch would eventually move to Mexico and set up communities there. Those communities would last 200 years, and then they were suddenly forced to move and leave the land that they had had for 200 years. Many of those people who were forced to move moved to Canada, including my father at the age of nine. So, what happened to the Anabaptist movement? Approximately 4 million Anabaptists live in the world today. They cover the globe. The Mennonites are 2.1 million. The German Baptists, 1.5 million. The Amish, 300,000. And the Hutterites, at 50,000. Now, while there's not many Hutterites today, America was impacted in a huge way by the Hutterites. I'm saying huge. That's going to be coming up in a few weeks. I'm actually doing the research on that story right now. And let's just say, wow, I can't wait to tell you that story. In the meantime, next week, we're going to be talking about a reformer that I've been putting off talking about. He was actually not controversial in his time. However, today, majorly controversial. I personally know of three churches that have split over whether or not the people in the church were followers of this man. We even have a point system made up to show how much of a follower you are. Personally, I think it's all kind of crazy. So telling his story is like jumping into a hornet's nest. But I'm going to do it. Next week, we're talking about Calvin. If you like this podcast, can you leave a review and five stars? I don't make any money from this podcast. This for me is just ministry. I want people to know the history. I specifically want people in the church to know their own history. I believe it's really important and something that as a church, we have failed to do. If you think it's important as well, share this podcast with a friend. You can find this podcast and more podcasts, blogs, and videos on my website, lauraleesiemens.com. Or if you're looking for help with your podcast or you want to launch a podcast, or you're looking for someone to record and edit your audiobook, you will find information on how I can help you with that on my website, lauraleesiemens.com. Until next week.